We're living through incredible days. Economies around the world are being devastated as we endure lockdown and social distancing to try and slow down and defeat the spread of the coronavirus. Many who work in our NHS are being devastated emotionally and physically as they care for the sick and the dying. And yet amid our fears and our uncertainties, many thousands of heroes are being recognized. Not just heroes in the NHS, of which there are many, but those working to keep the fabric of society going as far as possible. However, as we take stock of where we are right now, it seems appropriate that we would reflect upon our lives and our priorities. Before coronavirus, one of the greatest motivations for many people was money and its pursuit. Money has been so valued that people who made lots of it have been looked up to, even if their lives and lifestyles were morally bankrupt and not an example that we would want to follow. And indeed, some of the lives and lifestyles of such people have caused events that have led to the Me Too movement all over the world. The world has wanted to make a fast buck. And if you can't make a fast buck, there's always the lottery and other forms of gambling. I don't know who wrote this, but someone said, Money can buy medicine, but it can't buy health. It can buy a house, but not a home. It can buy companionship but not friendship. It can buy entertainment, but not happiness. It can buy food, but not an appetite. It can buy a bed, but it can't buy sleep. It can buy a crucifix, but not a savior. It can buy a good life, but not eternal life. Aren't we learning in this crisis that that is true? That this pandemic is affecting the poorest and the richest, the homeless and even prime ministers. Money cannot protect you from the coronavirus. So as we begin this series on the Old Testament book of Jonah, what can we learn from this ancient text that will help us assess the priorities that we have in life? We don't know much about Jonah uh, on a personal level apart from what we learn in this book. We do know, however, that his name is Hebrew for dove, and that's a a name that he didn't really manage to live up to throughout the events of the chapters that we read in Jonah. We learn from 2 Kings 14 and verse 25 that he prophesied during the reign of King Jeroboam II of Israel. And so we're going to look at each chapter of this book over the next weeks, and I think we'll discover not only real lessons about God's grace and salvation, but also about ourselves and our motivations on an individual level and as the church of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. Jonah was a man of God. He was a prophet recognized by king and people as a mouthpiece for God. He was a man who would declare the messages God gave him for the whole nation. And so Jonah must have had a relationship with God because you cannot hear God speak unless you're close to him, unless you have a relationship with him. And certainly Jonah didn't have a problem in hearing God. Look at verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Sadly, we can see a progression of Jonah's descent from a man walking closely with God to a man doing his best to get away as far as possible from God. So I want to say two things about Jonah immediately. The first is this, that Jonah turned away from God's word. 
Let me read verses 1 and 2 again. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Came to him personally. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. He had heard God speak clearly. Go to Nineveh. It's a major city, but tell the people they're doomed unless they turn to me in repentance and faith. Now, Jonah's problem wasn't a difficulty in understanding the will of God. He didn't have to run to Bible commentaries and ask the advice of Christian friends. He knew beyond doubt God wanted him to go to Nineveh, for he had heard God tell him to do so. Often we seek an excuse for actions that we know are wrong by trying to explain away the Word of God. Increasingly, I hear people saying things to me like, I know it says in the Bible, but I'm going to do basically what I want anyway. God's Word is crystal clear on many issues. For example, do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery, and and so forth. Yet people will try and justify a course of action by saying, you can't accept everything that the Bible says. Well, I ask you, why not? Either this Bible is the Word of God, or it is not the Word of God. And if you accept that it is God's Word, then you must accept its authority and put its teaching and principles into practice. Jesus said, In John's Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So relationship and love are the basis for communication with and from God, which we then must heed. But what happens in our lives is a clash between our wills and God's will. God called Jonah clearly to go to Nineveh, but it didn't suit his agenda. They were nasty people. They weren't Jews. They were heathens. They were people that he didn't really want to experience the grace of God that he had experienced. He was selfish in that respect. It wasn't his idea that God should somehow warn heathen people of his commands. So Jonah turned and fled, not to Nineveh, but in the opposite direction to Joppa, from which he would seek to sail to Tarshish as far away as he could go geographically from Nineveh. I wonder what God is saying to you and to me during this pandemic. Is he asking you to assess what's really important? Is he asking you and me to rejig priorities? Is he asking you or me to repent from sin and to turn away from that which we know to be wrong and contrary to the word of God? The author of The Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan, apparently had a handwritten note in the cover of his Bible. It read this, Either this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. I love that. Let me repeat that. Uh, Either this book, the Bible, will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. Are these days of self-isolation an opportunity to stop turning away from God's Word the Bible? Are these days an opportunity to hear God speak through the reading of his word and responding with obedience rather than running away from the truth that we read? 
maybe as you listen to this, it's an opportunity to think of getting Scripture Union notes or some other Bible reading aid that will help you read the Bible regularly. I love SU notes. I've used them for around 60 years. Uh, They give you a passage of Scripture to read each day and a helpful comment, uh, and uh, it helps you work your way systematically through the Bible. Or you may want to download an app on your tablet or iPhone or whatever you have, uh, something like Alpha's Bible in one year, again with a passage to read or to listen to uh, on audio. Uh, But maybe this is an opportunity during self-isolation to turn back to the Word of God and to read it and study it and to think it through for your life. The second thing I note about Jonah is that he First of all, turned away from God's word, and then he secondly turned away from the Lord himself. Uh, Verse 3, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Commentators tell me that verse 3 can literally be translated as Jonah ran away from the face or presence of the Lord. There's a significant spiral in the story, a descent that was rapid and tragic. Where did it start? when Jonah disobeyed the word of God. That affected his relationship with God. So he tried to run away from his responsibility to tell the Ninevites of God's judgment, of God's grace, and of his loving mercy. And instead he got into a ship for a destination not of God's desire, followed by a storm and then being thrown overboard and swallowed, the Bible tells us, by a large fish. Jonah sank, as it were, from the heights of one who had a relationship with God, who heard God speak clearly down to the very depths of life, even in the depths of the sea, where he was to cry out with repentance uh, and distress to God. How about us today? What about our relationship with God? Are we reading the Bible? Are we enjoying fellowship with God? Are we having a regular time with him to study his word, to hear his voice, to seek his will, to desire to put that word of God and the will of God into practice in our lives? Or are we deliberately disobeying any aspect of his word revealed in the Bible? If so, we may expect a spiral of social distancing, if you want to put it this way, from the heart and presence of God. Put it right today if you're in such a position and renew your love for Jesus. But I think there's some other lessons from Jonah that I want to pick up very briefly from this passage. And here's the first. Our obedience has consequences for others. Jonah 1 chapter 5 tells us that the storm God sent was because of Jonah's flight. And it was so severe that the sailors had to jettison cargo to try and save themselves and the ship that was costly. They lost the very purpose for which they were trying to make their living. They were also distressed at the thought of having to throw Jonah overboard. And to their credit, they did their very best to avoid such an action, saying, no man is an island. Uh, well, they didn't say that, but we might say it. No man is an island, and you discover it's very true. You see, you and I cannot sin and disobey God with impunity, and our disobedience affects others. Each of us has an impact on the people around us. If we're not living according to God's design and will, then some will be hurt by us or affected negatively by us. If we're not living according to God's will and purpose and design for life, then 
Others will not benefit from the blessing our obedience to God would bring them. And so it's very important that we realize that we are those who are, in terms of the life that we live, we cannot live as an island without affecting other people. And secondly, we cannot evade responsibility. For a while, Jonah lost the ability to hear God speak. If he had had ears to hear, he might have heard God saying something like, Jonah, you can run, but you cannot hide. In fact, Jonah had to own up to the terrified sailors who thought they were going to die. And we read in verses 8 to 10 uh, what he said. They asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? What people are you? And then Jonah begins to be honest. He says, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. These pagan people who worship idols and gods of wood and stone are told by this man that the very God of the sea, who they were worried was going to drown them and, and ruin their ship, they were, it says in verse 10, this terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. We cannot evade responsibility in our lives. Sooner or later, either in this life or the next, we will be called to give an account of ourselves, just as Jonah gave an account of himself to the sailors in the boat. Again, isn't this relevant to the pandemic? What if you or I took COVID-19 and succumbed to the virus? I know that because of my trust in Jesus Christ, I will go to heaven to be with Jesus. And that is incredibly hopeful and wonderfully true for me in this life. But what about you? What if COVID-19 took you? Would you be ready to face God? You see, we all have a responsibility to choose to trust in Jesus as our Savior and Lord, or choose, like Jonah, to turn away from God who searches for us in love. Isn't that truth what Easter was all about? God loved us so much that he sent us his Son that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But we cannot evade responsibility. In the Old Testament, Joshua challenged the children of Israel, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And maybe Jonah is teaching us that during coronavirus, we need to take responsibility to choose either to trust Jesus or not to trust him. And then I think we note also that God is sovereign. Note that his love went out to the very kind of heathens Jonah was fleeing from, but was instructed nevertheless to tell them about God. Uh, and uh, we look at verse 16 of Jonah chapter 1. Uh, at this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. I love that. Here, even on the ship, in the midst of Jonah's disobedience, in the midst of Jonah beginning to take responsibility, the men on the ship turned to the Lord. Even before the gospel is preached to Nineveh, these pagan sailors turn to the Lord and offer sacrifices to him and make vows to him. 
God is sovereign. And even though Jonah had done something terribly wrong in running away from God's word and running away from God's presence in disobeying God, nevertheless, God was working. And even these sailors say in verse 14, for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Whatever the circumstances, and they can't get much worse than being in the stomach of a whale at the bottom of the sea, believe that God is sovereign and that his will shall be accomplished. Coronavirus has not taken God by surprise. We may not understand why he allows these things to happen in our world, but he is not taken by surprise. And he is sovereign and his will shall be accomplished. Churches are hurting because they cannot meet face-to-face with brothers and sisters in Christ. The doors may be closed, but the church is still open. The people of God are working and caring and loving and demonstrating the life of Jesus right throughout the society of which we're part. Then finally, let me just suggest this, that God will work for our good even when we're being punished for the wrong that we have done. Look at verse 12 of uh, Jonah chapter 1. Jonah says, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Now, I'm not for one minute suggesting that coronavirus is a punishment from God, not for a moment, but surely it's an opportunity through the suffering that our world is enduring to ask the question, Is there any fault or sin in me? Is there any fault or sin in you? Jonah knew he was in the wrong, and his circumstances now were the beginning, perhaps, of his way back home to God, even though the ordeal of being swallowed by a large fish, as the Bible tells us, was still to come. But the story of Jonah is ultimately one of hope. It's the story of a God who has patience with us, The story of a God who does not abandon us even when we turn our backs on him and run away from him. He does not abandon us. It's a story of God's love for others. A story of the love of God that goes to extraordinary lengths to make sure that the Ninevites hear the word that he wanted them to hear. It's a story of God's extraordinary love that sent Jesus, his son, into the world that he might be our savior and bring people to a saving faith in himself. And even when we make a mess of things, and who of us have not made a mess of things in life? Even when we mess up as Jonah did, with repentance on our part, God can use our failures and our renewed obedience to his glory. So when you hear God speak, obey, not because you must, but because, as Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. When you hear God speak, obey, because it will be an expression of love for Jesus, who loved you and gave himself for you. Obey because God will work out his plans with or without us. And it is better to cooperate from the start than to trouble God with having to use a storm, a great fish, or dare I say it, even a pandemic to bring us back to our senses. 
These, I think, are some of the lessons that we can learn from Jonah, and we look forward to seeing as we go through this book what else God may teach us. But let us, for the moment, join together in prayer. Let us pray. God, our Father, we thank you that you care for all the peoples of the world. And when it came to the Ninevites who did not know you, who were foreign to the children of Israel, your heart was for them, that they would hear your truth. And even when Jonah refused to go initially to speak to them and proclaim your word, you organized events in a way that brought Jonah back to you and brought that prophet to go to Nineveh eventually, as we'll discover Uh, And even then, when he started to obey you, we see uh, imperfections in his attitude. And yet, Lord, you overruled and did what you wanted to do. So we come to you in the midst of coronavirus, of a wide pandemic throughout the world. We ask, Lord, do what you want to do in us and through us and with us. And if there's any sin in me, any sin in any of us as we listen to this this morning, Lord, may we bring it and leave it at the foot of your cross, knowing that there you will bring us forgiveness, a new hope, and a new start, and a new impetus to serve and follow you. And I pray that you would help us to do that today, Lord. Make a new start and become obedient to your word and become obedient to your will. Through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.